an entrepreneur since age 11, founded a bottled water coffee brewer, investor in Duper, co-founded The Hub, three separate pickleball facilities in the state of California, with one of them being the largest indoor facility in the state, and now Pickleball Superstore. You know Steve on like a personal level, but also in a professional setting as well. What do you think Pickleball misses out on without Steve Kuhn? So I started, you know, Cafeo when I was 23, right out of school, I invented a bottled water coffee maker, allowing the community. So when we say community owned, community focused, we truly mean it. We're allowing the community to own it. So again, he, he started Beauty Counter. In nine years, they sold it for a billion dollars. Will you, Steve and Ted ever license Gigfiliate? We solved that problem for the pro shop. So we're the largest club in San Diego, and we just do it in California. And the thing about California, we own the largest indoor facility in the country right now, and I'm sure that'll change next week, the way pickleball's going, but. So what happens when a proprietary technology that sold for a billion dollars in the beauty industry comes into pickleball? What does it take to build three of the largest facilities in California? This is a story of Pat Rolfus. This is Building Pickleball. Welcome to another episode of Building Pickleball. My guest today is Pat Rolfus. He is the founder of Cafeo, the co-founder of The Hub, Pickleball Superstore, Newport Beach Pickleball Events, and is a part owner in MLP and Duper. Thanks again to all the subscribers and my sponsor, Viore. Welcome, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, I have a bad habit of doing... Uh, double takes on podcasts apparently because like did two with Raphael from gearbox and then we had filmed our first one when was that like april it was it was quite a while ago but some of that was on me though brian don't, don't get too hard on yourself <laughs> no worries um i'm glad that you can't that you were willing to make the trip though i like appreciate that immensely at this point i pretty much want like all these to be in person they're yeah. they usually flow a little bit better um sure. but yeah just you know, like kind of tell everyone what you're in town for. Uh, yeah, doing. for sure. So um, as you mentioned, I, I'm a very small part of uh, MLP and Duper. Um, you know, thanks to Steve Kuhn for giving me that opportunity. Well, shout out to Steve. Um, so I came for the, the, the one in uh, Dallas. And so and just had that, which was great. And my wife uh, just uh, finished up playing in Nationals. And so we're enjoying Nationals. And so it's about a three-hour drive down to you here in Austin, and, and actually uh, Jennifer's uh, mother-in-law is down here, her, her dad's uh, stepmother. So um, we're visiting her as well. So it all worked out, and you know, say hi to some friends down here and do this. This is great. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. How did Jennifer do on the in the tournament? You know what? She she hung in there. You know, yeah. she's actually already a national champion. So. She's quite the player, and um, she didn't win it this year, but um, she's pretty formidable and and uh, had a good time with her partner, so it was fun. Yeah, what'd you think of the venue over at Nationals? You know, it. You know, uh, I run a lot of tournaments, so Newport Beach Pickleball Events. Um, I started that with my partners uh, Charlotte Seda and Patty Weber um, at the, the Tennis Pickleball Club down in Newport Beach. You know, five years ago or so, and. Um, so we helped build that club, you know, with pickleball courts and, and my partner, Ted Angelo and I built the restaurant there and everything else. So we ran a bunch of tournaments. We actually helped structure 
the national championship series with USA Pickleball to give them the gold tickets. That's why it was, there's always one at Newport. Um, so we're very, I'm very aware of how to run tournaments and, you know, focus on it. This venue, um, you know, got put together so quickly and this deal got put together so quickly that I think they're struggling a little bit with the venue and trying to help that set up. But nationals is still special. Um, it's nice seeing all the pros there. I understand why USA Pickleball did the deal with the PPA and, um, and it was fun having, you know, Major League Pickleball there and it's, it's so many people are coming to this. So it, it was a, a big exposure. It was great. Last night they had a deal with Dirk Davinsky, Davinsky and um, Jason Kidd and Scotty Scheffler and all these, you know, athletes. So that was yeah. fun. So, you know, you, you see a bunch of stuff like that. So, you know, it's still nationals. It's pretty special. It'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm wondering, like, go, still going, you still go to the, and attend these events, but you're also, also like you have business relations with APP because of Pickleball Superstore, which we'll definitely get into, but great. just interested um, to hear like more about what your perspective is when you kind of go to different events and you attend them, even though you have business relations with like, I guess cons you could consider them like competing competitors. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I love the APP first of all, yeah. quality organization, quality people. Um, they put on phenomenal tournaments. Um, you know, we have a great relationship with them with, with Pickleball Superstore, they actually came in as an equity partner. And, you know, we have a program with them where we handle all their, um, their shop basically with our e-commerce platform and everything else. So they're a special company with a special group of people and, and they're going to continue to succeed. They, they operate extremely, you know, fiscally responsible. There's very smart people that are involved with this organization. Um, so I'm, I'm super proud to be part of the APP or team up with the APP, um, with Pickleball Superstore. You know, Pickleball is such where it's still young. It's still in the infancy. I mean, I've been involved now for five years and I, you know, I, I feel like a grandfather in this, in this space because, you know, most people are, you know, a year or two into this thing, right? So there's a lot of moving parts, you know, we're seeing it with the MLP and the PPA. We're seeing it here at nationals with USA Pickleball. You know, so there's still a lot of moving parts. We'll see where it all shakes out. But um, I think there's room for most of it, you know, room for all of it. And I'd like to ultimately see more things come together because there's a lot of smart people out there, you know, trying to put things together that make sense. Yeah. Since you're a like part owner in MLP and Duper, how what did, were your thoughts on like the tour wars and between like them and the PPA? Yeah, that's it's interesting. When they and again, Brian, I don't want to overhype it. I'm a very very small part of this. I I yeah. got you know brought into to Duper as a strategic advisor, and when Joe Braverman was the CEO, and you know kind of um, worked with her a little bit, and very exciting technology that they have and exciting times they ended up merging with major league pickleball so that's kind of how my you know background to it all and my relationship you know grew with steve coon which was has been great um you know it seems to me challenging to to have these and, and i'm glad that and i don't know if it's done yet or not i know that they announced things but but you know, the, the road to trying to combine PPA and MLP, 
um, seems to try to figure that out. I think it's going to be challenging, quite frankly. I think there's a lot of demand on the athletes. I think it's a lot of, you know, time. Um, you know, the formats are obviously different with the PPA and the MLP, and that's kind of the, the story. So I, I don't know if it could have sustained I don't know what is sustainable in general. Is it uh, you know, merging it together? Is that more sustainable? Running them independently, is that more sustainable? I don't think running independently was was going to work. Um, and we'll see. Time will tell if, if merging it's going to work, right? So yeah. um, it'll be interesting. And I, I really don't have any insight on it. I, I love... I love MLP. I, I actually love the PPA and what they're doing. I, I, I get both of them. I'm just a big fan of pickleball. I love seeing the pros benefit you know, from this. So this is all great. Um, I think the APP needs you know, more credit to a lot of this. Um, they run great professional tournaments and the people coming up from that. And this is what's fun about Major League Pickleball. You're seeing a lot of the APP pros shine. Oh, yeah. Just shine yeah. at this level. Andre, like Megan Fudge. There's a ton of them. There's but, a ton yeah. of them, right? Alex, you know, and you know, they're on and on. And so, you know, it really, you know, they say, oh, the APP is the stepping stone or second tier. It's like, you know, I'm not 100% sure that's the case because there's some athletes that are, you know, really shining on the APP when you're seeing it, you know, at the MLPs because that's where they're getting their opportunities. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's um, more pickleball the better, and it's still very young, and and um, I, I think it'll I, I think it'll wash itself out somehow. Yeah, I think that's okay for there to be like a feeder organization. I think there there might always be, but like obviously Paris Todd and the Johnson brothers are having like not just success, but they're probably being not trying to say this, like it's just money, but, uh, they're probably being given or being offered something more on the table than what the PPA or MLP sees or just PPA sees as like worth their value, like what their stock is. So they're being paid like what they're worth over. So it's great that there are like competing organizations. Well, I think it's really great for the athletes that there yeah. are and, and, and Paris is a good friend of mine. Um, Funny story about Paris, real quick. The oh, first, the this first person that um, Paris ever played with, the very first person in Newport, was my wife. Okay. So the, our head pro uh, Abby um, called Jennifer over to play with Paris, who was coaching uh, tennis at the time at Newport, and um, because Jennifer plays a very beautiful soft game, and so anyway, the very first time she played, and I and. Um, I won't tell. I won't say who won, but anyway, uh, it, it was cute. And, and Paris will say the same thing. It was very cute. It was a very fond memory. Um, you know, I, again, I think that um, I, I get the feeder organization with the APP. I I think we're seeing a lot of opportunities from the pros there. And if you have one, um, and I'll give you an, an example. If you have one organization, um, and so take the WNBA. So the WNBA, you know, you can do a guess of what the highest paid athlete is from the WNBA. No, it's like, I think it's $125,000 that the WA pays. To the high, And they're on, you know, ESPN and TV and, yeah. you know, it's basketball. So, you know, having, because they don't have a competing tour or competing league, you know, to look at it. So by having a competing league, you know, the really the people who benefit, you know, one are you know, the fans 
and two are the players because yeah. now it becomes you know a bit of a bidding war or, or more opportunity for them to get exposure and, and get seen out there and you know more sponsorships and you know, all the things that you know they need to make a, a living at it why can't MLP and PPA just coexist the way they are now. Like, I like that. Like, there's a seasonal, like, there's, or I guess there's, like, regularly scheduled games, and then you have, like, your championships in a, in a sense, like, every quarter in a way. So we'll see if they can, right? Yeah. So here's my perspective. Um, it's, and, and I'm, you know, I see you at all the, all these events, so you know, you know, what a nut job I am on going to these things. I'm just a big fan, and I know most of the players and the whole thing, so it's super fun for me. But it's a lot of pickleball to go and watch an MLP event and then go watch a PPA event. That's mm -hmm. like, you know, six, seven days at a venue, you know, watching pickleball. It's just, it's just a lot because they, yeah. they're trying to save money by doing them on the same weekends. Oh, yeah, I would not advise that it's a tough one yeah, right you wouldn't do like football during a regularly scheduled game during the super bowl it's a good the, example yeah yeah right so 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 that's what's happening now and i get it they're 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 trying to make these they're trying to be fiscally responsible with these leagues but in doing so it's it's gonna dilute the product and it'll be interesting to see how it all again washes out but um the at the end of the day it's you know they're paying for the players time so if you read the contracts of the players which i have they're committing to x amount of days a year that they mm -hmm. get paid and 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 so the players are going to do they have to show up they have to do certain things and do all these type of you know things to get their their payment which is fine I and mean, then they should and they're in contracts so you know at the end of the day you're going to have to see who's you know, where's that's going to, there's only so many days that they're going to play. There's only so many days that they can play. And it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out again, because there's not complete alignment at the top, um, you know, the MLP and the PPA, in my opinion. And because of that, there, there's competing interest levels, you know, to it. So, um, but again, smarter people than I, and and uh, now there's a big money thrown at it and when there's usually big money thrown at it and smart people it gets becomes pretty complicated so i try to keep things pretty simple in my life so <laughs> as much as i can yeah i've heard uh that i've i've heard people say that about tom dundon he's just like a very intelligent guy not that he's like the only like he's the main player in all this happening but um not to take any credit away from steve coon either um but that it was that is one of my questions. Like you know, Steve, on like a personal level, but also in a professional uh, setting as well. What do you think pickleball misses out on without Steve Kuhn? What's going on? Hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. If you've watched any of my content before, you know that this is about to be an ad for my favorite sponsor, Viore. Something that's always stood out to me about Viore has always been the materials and the fabric. So if we look at the website and you go into the materials. They have one of the softest fabrics that they call Dream Knit. So Dream Knit is extra comfortable brushed jersey fabric that's blended with four-way stretch and moisture wicking performance qualities. So it's made from 89% recycled materials. You can find the Dream Knit in the Ponto line, which I have the performance crew. 
and it's one of my favorite crewnecks. And right now I'm wearing the Coronado hoodie. And if you've worn any of the shorts before, specifically the Banks short, which I can only speak to because that's one of the ones I own, that one is made with V-cycled. So V-cycled is crafted partially from recycled materials like plastic bottles. Anyways, if you haven't tried Viore out yet, now is actually a great time because I can get you a 20% discount. If you go to viore.com slash building pickleball, you will not only receive 20% off your first purchase, but also free shipping on any orders of $75 or more, as well as free returns. Enjoy the rest of the show. Well, I think Steve got in it for the right reasons. I think he was very passionate. Um, I'll tell a you know quick story about Steve. Um, so, you know, he invited me over to his home. He Is that the one with the cord in the back at the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And so, um, and we were there actually for game night. And so he has a very eclectic group of friends. And, and I was there with some of his like super intelligent, um, you know, academic, you know, friends. And we were playing these board games and it was really, really fun. We had a, a, a great time doing it. Well, one of the games, not all of them, certainly, I, I ended up winning, you know, one of the games, the board game. And I think that was the moment that Steve actually had real respect for me because I actually won a board game off of him. So, you know, he's a very, very smart guy. And he got into pickleball for the right reasons to grow it, to help the pros, to, you know, create a vision, which I think people are really enjoying at the hub. We just ran a, an MLP event um, style, um, you know, uh, event and people loved it. You know, my, my, my wife played in one and she really enjoyed that fun team environment from an amateur level. Right. And so, you know, that's to me, you know, changing the game and changing the mindset and everything else. And that's really what he's done. He's working on, you know, more courts and public courts. He, he owns pickle mall and he's trying to do more courts, you know, there and everything else. So anyway, great. I've, I've never met, um, Tom Dundon, um, I have friends that know him. Yeah. Um, he seems like a smart guy. Obviously, he is, and and you know he did things very smart as far as I'm concerned. Being buying pickleball tournaments, then brackets, and merging the two, and buying Central, and you know, and then certainly the PPA, and how they how he put all that together with pickleball.com. And I just think, from a business standpoint, I really appreciate you know, the thinking behind that and, yeah. and what he's doing and everything else. It's still a long road to hoe. I think probably the only company, and I don't know, I don't, I'm not privy to any of this information, but that's cash flowing is Pickleball Central. Um, you know, that is probably the one that's profitable. I think the others are um, a long-term approach that will hopefully pay off for them. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like, I agree in the sentiment that Tom and his like strategic move to buy all those pieces and kind of like merge it into one is like a great business move. But I can see like a lot of people, you can see the like frustration in the comments in like different forums and social media. Just people get frustrated. They're just like, oh man, like this guy's just super greedy. And like Tom Dundon, he's like, oh, his organization is super greedy. This is what happens when you take like a very like community driven product or like sport and hobby. And then you big players come in and just want to like throw money at it. But you make a good point that like 
you just said like in terms of cash flow, the only one that's really like cash flowing is Pickleball Central. And the guy, from what I've heard from different people, is just that Tom is doing his best to try and make sure that the PPA, the pick, uh, Pickleball.com and Pickleball tournaments becomes profitable, which if we want this to th- if we want the sport, the community, and everything that we have now to thrive, that's something that we need to have. We need some guy who, like, people were saying that that's, like, kind of the contrast to Steve Kuhn. It's like Steve, like you said, joined it for all the right reasons. Something that he may have been lacking was that he didn't know how to make it profitable. He didn't know how to generate revenue, take a, something that was so incredibly popular. Like, how do you make, how do you make money with this? And I don't even, I honestly don't even understand how MLP even makes money. Like, I get there's, like, people that buy teams and everything. But um, I did hear that that's like kind of the contrast with Tom Dundon is he found a way or he's trying to find a way to make it profitable. And I can see also frustrations with people's tournament experiences and everything. And this is just, I just feel like it's like a growing pain. Well, I think that's the right words to use. I think it's growing pain. So um, I've known Connor Pardo um, for, you know, four years or three years. I think Newport was the second tournament he ever he ever threw a PPA tournament was at Newport and um, and we've done multiple ones and and same deal with the PPA right I mean Connor works really really hard and I think he gets a bad rap a lot of times and everything else but it, it's hard you know what he's doing is is hard and and then having a partner like Tom that saw what the vision was with the PPA and said here's let me help monetize it and again I'm not involved with any of this to you know. This is just my perception. It could be all incorrect, but yeah. you know, it's a big gamble that they're taking. It's big dollars, and these are, you know, at least Tom is, you know, got a big wallet to to back this and see where it goes. The, you know, until they get the sponsorships, and I'm talking non, you know, endemic sponsors, until the McDonald's and the Coca Colas of the world and and guys like that start to come in. You know, it's it's a tough road to hoe until the media comes in and. And people actually are start really watching the sport, not just the diehard pickleball fans, but, you know, it gets mainstream. That's when I, I think where the money starts to come. And I don't know how long that is and, and everything else. So so it's a it's it's a run. And, you know, and again, Major League Pickleball from a fan experience is is great. I mean, it's fun to see it. You've been there. The energy's high and everything else. Selling teams isn't sustainable. Yeah. Um, but but there's something there that makes it work. And yeah. I think the amateur level, um, again, with minor league pickleball and, and all that, and, and the college level, I think is great. I'm a big fan of Duper um, from a technology platform, and I think that's getting better and better. So, you know, I think that's part of the overall strategy that Steve had was to create Duper, create a a you know rating system that was universal and dynamic um that would ultimately lead to gambling and and tying into the lines right to you know to to form lines for gambling so i think there's ultimately that revenue stream is going to be coming um so i think that's that business model on the other side from the you know duper mlp side that was the original I don't know if it was the original concept, but but that would have been an opportunity or still could be. I don't know anything about gambling. Like, does it really drive sports that much? Sure. I mean, the NFL is, it's all based off of that, right? So um, sports gambling is gigantic. Got it. Yeah. So it drives a lot of revenue. Let me put it that way. 
And so, you know, you as a, you know, I don't know if you're an NFL fan or not, but you reap the benefits because it's another revenue stream that's, that's being driven. Um, you know, and again, then, and also all the media and the, and the sponsors and everything that goes along with that. So pick them all right now. It doesn't really have that element of it yet. Um, hopefully it'll come and then that'll, you know, make these tours and athletes and everything else get paid even more and, and these business models sustainable. Yeah. I'd probably put my life savings on Annalie in like every tournament she plays. Yeah. She's amazing. <laughs> she's amazing. Um, something else that you did mention was like the MLP format. You're talking about mix. Something that does make pickleball unique is we have a tournament format that involves both genders and it's not like necessarily lopsided. Like typically in most sports, people are, will generally skew towards like, Oh, like the men are more exciting, but in pickleball, it's really not the case. Like the female games and matchups are usually more exciting. I don't really enjoy watching mixed, but I do enjoy like gender doubles on the women's side. Yeah. I mean, in good points, it's funny. I think to me, I, I really enjoy watching, um, the women's doubles. Yeah. Probably more than the men's because of the, it's just exciting. The men's can get into a, you know, dink fest until yeah. it just, you know, barely comes up and then it's a quick hand battle and it's over. Right. So, so we're women seems to be a lot more dynamic and, and at least right now, um, you know, and they're all amazing athletes and, and great. I, I, I do like mixed. It's, I, I understand what you mean by that. Um, I, I like I like it all. I like the Dream Breaker. So people are asking me, oh, who am I rooting for at the MLP? And I said, I'm rooting for the Dream Breaker. Yeah. <laughs> because it's I love the format. I love the idea that it's a team format. It's equal men, equal women. They all have an equal role on this. Um, yeah. I can't think of many other sports that are like that. And and good for Steve Kuhn to create that format and, and good for, you know, pickleball community to embrace that format. I think people really do like it. I think it's, it's neat from a team environment to see it. It shows that like pickleball does have with the right rule set. There is, it, it, it is a leveled playing field. Like it can be like the dream breakers are a perfect example. You don't always know who's going to win. And they've like gotten to the point where they're putting females up against males oh, and the females sure. are like taking, just taking their money and walking away with it. Yeah. yeah. Taking them down. I mean, yeah. it's, it's certainly competitive a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was watching Megan Fudge and, and um, I, I forgot who she was playing with, but against in singles, but she won three out of the four points. Yeah. They're you just know? like taking their lunch money. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, which that makes it like definitely very, very exciting. Something I definitely want to spend like quite a bit of time on and talking about because we've already talked about like Pickwall Central is, you know, like cash flow positive And we talk about the use this very, common term community you know in pickleball so i want to talk about pickleball superstore like i don't think majority of people know what pickleball superstore is yet because it's it like came off the ground fairly recently and it just needs more attention so hopefully i can uh help facilitate that but if you want to get into pickleball superstore like what is it how does it affect you know the average player for the for once not everything's focused on pros, but this is actually focused on, you know, kind of like your everyday rec player um, and how 
you're using a like proprietary technology that your business partner Steve Rack has um, taken from other industries and he's brought it into pickleball and just like yeah your thoughts on really like the impact that it's going to have yeah thank you yeah pickleball superstore is a super special company and and um yeah and steve rack is the ceo of the company and and um, one of the major shareholders and a found co-founder with with ted angelo and myself and that company is special um you know the the culture of the company um, how we look at it how we give back to the community um in really our business model that surrounds it. And let me explain it a little bit. So, so we're an e-commerce platform, right? We have 2,200 plus SKUs. We inventory all those SKUs. We have customer service teams. We, we, you know, ship it and, you know, do all the things that, you know, other e-commerce platforms do. But one of the things that make us unique is Steve was involved with a company called Beauty Counter, where he was the co-founder of it. And Beauty Counter, he developed a technology called Gigfiliate. So Gigfiliate is basically an affiliate program. You get a code and you can hand that code to someone for a discount. And the person who handed it to someone gets a commission on it, essentially. Well, the majority of, of um, affiliate programs are cookie-based, which means that that code goes away and that relationship from the person who gave the code to his buddy to get the discount, although he got the one-time commission, it goes away. They're no longer linked. So Steve identified this and he created a, a product called Gigfiliate, technology called Gigfiliate. And it gets embedded into the programming when you share your code and I brought you a present here, Brian. You are an official gig affiliate of Pickleball Superstore. I made it custom it. for you for building Pickleball. It's your, great, man. It's your bag tag. And everybody gets a bag tag, by the way, when at Pickleball Superstore. Yes, please do. Yeah. So, so you can share that code by they can just scan it um, with their phone and then order up and they get a 10% discount and you're going to get um, a piece of that 10% back. The difference is, is that you're forever linked to that person. So they move to a wacky state like California, like me, and, and, um, and you maybe lose connection, but they continue to buy from Pickleball Superstore because they can always get a discount now, and you're always going to get a commission on it. Now, if that person becomes a super affiliate as well, not only do, and it's free for anyone to do it, and then they can get a bag tag and they can share it with their friends and do all that. You get a piece of that 10% of, you know, commission on that. So it goes down two levels basically. And then it stops and it goes into a pool. But basically the concept is we take 32% of the sale and, and you know, we're, we're lucky if you, if you take a dollar and say a product cost, a, you know, retails for a dollar, we're lucky to buy it for 50 cents, a 50% margin. We're taking 32 cents of that and giving it back to the community as a 10% as a discount. And then the other 22% um, to have the community outreach to market. It's basically marketing, in a sense, some market and, and paying them to do so. And so at the end of the day, you know, our margins are relatively small, but we would rather give it back to the community because, you know, we feel it's the grassroots effort. We feel that by pushing it out, um, having people talk about it in the community, that's really where pickleball is all about. We can get by Google ads. 
we can get a banner at, you know, on the PPA and, you know, things like that. But we would rather take our marketing dollars and give it back to the community. So with that logic and this technology, which is exclusive to us, um, no one else in the industry has this because, again, the CEO, Steve Rack, and my partner owns it. Um, it allows us, it, we went the next step with this. So we actually just got through a Reg CF funding. So we're governed by FINRA and the SEC. We allowed people to come in and buy a percentage of shares, same common shares that I have in the company. And for as little as $100, they can come in and be an owner of Pickleball Superstore. In fact, it gets limited to $2,500 and you could buy more, but you'd have to meet some financial standards. But the point being is that we now have owners all around the United States. I think we're up to 45 states that people are part owners of Pickleball Superstore. And we're just about ready to go out with a second round because we sold out of this in like 13, 14 days. I forgot what it was, something crazy. So we're now getting reevaluated and, and our evaluation's going up. And so the next, we're going to do it again. And basically, so more and more people can own part of the company. So we're allowing the community. So when we say community-owned, community-focused, we truly mean it. We're allowing the community to own it. We're then using the community to help spread that word because we have unique technology in doing so. It's super exciting. We're super pumped up on it. You know, whether you buy a, you know, a paddle, when you tell you a Yola paddle, you know, whether you buy it from, you know, Yola, Pickleball Superstore, you know, or any other e-commerce platform, it's the same paddle. So what does the company stand for? You know, what is the company going to give back to the community with? What is the company going to, are they going to, you know, help the local community? Are they going to give back to the players that are in the parks and helping promote your company? So that's really what we're all about, and um, and we're excited about it. Our growth rate is phenomenal, and you know our cash flow positive again, making money. And you know we're not and we're not getting the funding to raise the money. It's not a money issue for us at this point in time. It's it's a marketing community issue. We really want the community engagement. We really want the community to be part owners of this journey. Because we believe we'll be more successful in doing so. I think it's a good move that you guys aren't spending a lot on marketing. Just be, I think this is very contextual. I think in Pickleball, the people and the community will do the work for you in a sense. Like I just think community, uh, like Pickleball is the greatest example of word of mouth. Like you look around at, you look around at your local courts, like how are paddles really being sold? Usually affiliates. Um, You're exactly right. Yeah. And it's cool. It's great to see right. that. Like it's that word of mouth is like, man, right. if anyone wants to see a great example of how that works, just look at Pickleball. Oh, it, it's amazing. And yeah. and I know a, a lot of, you know, Pickleball manufacturer, paddle manufacturers, uh, Garrett with Carbon's a good friend of mine, amazing products. We sell a ton of his stuff. You know, at the end of the day, you know, Garrett doesn't necessarily care if Carbon's sold on Pickleball Superstore or if he sells it or if it's sold on another platform. He's getting his brand out there and selling it. It's the same product. It's like buying Tide detergent, whether you buy it at Walmart or Target or Costco. It's it's the same product. So if you're able to be tied into this and if you're part of this community and you make you know money you know in the process, you'll be more willing 
you know, and you like the company and what it stands for, you'll be more willing to say, I want to buy this brand here or that brand here and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then the advantage for the affiliates is that, it's, again, it's not cookie based. You're linked forever in our programming. And, you know, when they're there, they can buy balls and they can buy gloves and weights and hats and shoes and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Again, currently 2,200 products. We got a lot of SKUs. Yeah, check out the paddles. You guys have a lot of the big name brands. Oh, we have all of them. Some smaller ones that aren't up there, but name like one retailer that is like selling every single brand, right? So, yeah, it's great. I mean, you guys hit all the major brands. Oh, for sure. No, and, and again, like like we said earlier, there's 400 new manufacturers coming to market. It's 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 a lot, you know. And my partner, you know, Ted Angela, which which you know really reached out and you know helped with all the vendor relationships and everything else. You know, he he would say, you know, we're pickable superstore, hence superstore. We got to have a huge selection, you know, so people can really see and understand what's out there, you know. So, so we have a lot, we have a lot of stuff. Pickleball is so odd because like, if you're paying full price for a product at this point, I think you either like live under a rock or you just like don't have friends. Like it's, it's what I'm trying to say is like, it's great that pickleball is one of those, uh, it's just like a sport that people can get into and you don't have to pay full, full price for things. And with pickleball superstore, if you become a super affiliate through the gig affiliate program, you're not having to do extra additional work. It's not like, oh man, like if I want to get uh, an additional like 10%, I have to do more work. No, it's just like, hey, I'm getting 10% off products. If you want to get 10% off products as well, yeah. here's a link. Yeah, here yeah. you go. Scan my card. Yeah. yeah. And then if you want to do it, you know, and, and be an affiliate, make money and share that news, that's great too. So yeah. you're exactly right. It. There's a, this industry is still very new. And so, you know, there'll be some shakeout, obviously 200 paddle manufacturers aren't, isn't sustainable. Um, but it's an exciting time and, and it's a very competitive industry. And so we want to hit the grassroots effort. We want this community. We want people to be part of this and own it. We want them to make money on it if they want to, you know, as they tell their friends, they might as well, you know, make commissions on it, you know, so that's, that's really who we are. I mean, that's the bread and butter. It's crazy that like pickleball among all like the amazing things that people have gotten from it. I've been able to kind of like create a, you know, somewhat of a career out of uh, being a content creator through pickleball. But like something that I think is like so big is, um, being able to make money. Like, uh, yeah, I almost lost a thought, but like affiliate programs. Like, that's insane. Like, there's really, you can't do that with many other major sports, right? Right. Like how many, Amazon is very popular for their affiliate programs, but I don't think they are paying out nearly as uh, much as Pickleball yeah, is. Correct. Yeah. And it's just like incredibly easy. And if the community of Pickleball, I don't know what the last numbers or figures were, but if that keeps growing, then there's just more opportunity for people to just, you don't have to make like major amounts of money, but you can just make like enough like, hey, if this month I want to go eat somewhere nice, or maybe I want to like buy my like partner a gift or something like you can do that with people sure. without really lifting your tournament fees, your tournament fees is a yeah, great example. Yeah. Whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, the opportunities are unique and again, because of our technology, which there's not a lot of technology in this space. And so it's nice that we have technology, but because of that, we're able to do that. And then, 
my partner Steve quotes this best, you know, we don't have a scarcity mindset. We're not saying this is mine, I'm gonna keep it and don't, you know, don't let anyone in. We're like, no, we're the opposite. You know, everybody participate and you know, I'll tell you my numbers, we're completely open and transparent of margins and the whole thing. And this is what we're doing. And you know, then let other people compete with what we're doing. I think it'll be difficult for others because, yeah. because of this mindset. As soon as we get enough people on it. So again, he, he started Beauty Counter. In nine years, they sold it for a billion dollars. And it wasn't because their sales were high, which they were. Yeah. It wasn't you know, because the EBITDA was good, which it was. It was because he had 60,000 super affiliates on his Gigfiliate program. And so when the next company came in, they said, ooh, I like that brand. And I like your 60,000 super affiliates that really are now tied to your company. Yeah. And, and that became super powerful. And that's our goal. And we think Pickleball is the ideal, to your point, the ideal market for this technology. And that's where really the whole premise of Pickleball Superstore came from is because of the technology and who we are, my partners. And you know, I've been very fortunate to team up with really hardworking, smart people. Um, and so it's, it's exciting for us. I mean, this is, this is gonna really resonate, I think, throughout the, the parks and the local clubs and you know, the, the players, the people who actually buy it and use them and everything else. So it's fun, we're, we're excited about it. Yeah, before we even like started the, got the cameras rolling, we talked about like that, how pickleball, something that it's lacking is just like the leveraging and the use of like technology. And it's cool that there are like ways that techno, I mean, look at pickleballtournaments.com could use, are you guys going <laughs> to, you guys going to help them with that? Oh, you're you killing me. You're that? killing me. My wife won't let me do too many more things. <laughs> Yeah. You guys like kind of like created like, I don't know how many people really knew like beauty counter, but this proprietary technology, you haven't really heard of it, right? Like in other industries, other areas. So it's cool that you're bringing something like pickleball specific to this industry. And it's right. like something, it is very new. I think it's definitely like you had used the term before disruptive, right. um, which I'm a huge, I have, I come from a tech background. So for me, it's like really, really refreshing and rewarding to see. You're like, oh, this is how anything at this point with like the amount that technology is being used in the world now is like, how does anything keep up with the way the world is working and the way the world is growing? It's right. like there has to be an element of technology that can help facilitate things. And in this way, it's help facilitating people spending less money, but also at the same time making money which is, I mean, that's kind of hard to beat. Yeah, no, it, it really is. And, and, you know, the other thing that I just, I like so much about it, it's just so simple. It, you know, I'm not that smart of a guy, Brian. So I'd like simple things. I, I try to keep things very, very, the KISS method, yeah. right? Keep it simple, stupid. So, you know, this is great. And you can go right on pickableandsuperstore.com, go to, you know, Log in, go to your super affiliate, see your homepage. You can see your numbers in real time, who bought what from you, or, you know, you get monthly, you know, revenue coming in, in real cash, you know, delivered out monthly. Yeah. So it's really transparent, really simple to understand. 
you know, these bag tags are a game changer, I think, because now you don't have to remember your code. You're just, oh, no, here it is. And it's on your bag, right? Thank you, and COVID. So, QR yeah. codes. Yeah. You know. and, and it's all free. You, yeah. you, know, you don't have to pay for anything. This is all part of our community and part of what we're doing to to get the community engaged. Um, and again, for us, we look at it as a, a, you know, one, who we are as as a company, but two, as a, as a marketing expense. Look, we pay 32% out. You know, I can do that with with Google, but I think Google's doing just fine without my my money spend, right? So, so anyway, and, and we just believe this is where pickleballs. This is where we started, right? The grassroots, the parks, the yeah. the this, the that. So, um, and like you said, it's the community and talking to your friends and well, what pad are you using? Oh, you use that one? Yeah, I just got to, You know that kind of stuff. So it's it's fun. It's I think it's going to do well. It is doing really well. It's trending amazingly well. So, but the whole strategy of letting others be part of this and own a piece of this and and help push this out even further—that's exciting. And then having relationships with APP—that's exciting. And we're you know announcing soon. I'll announce it here. We're doing a relationship with PPR. So all the certified coaches with PPR. Sarah Ansbury. Sarah Ansbury. Her videos are hilarious. Oh, she's great. Yeah. Sarah's great. Great teacher. <laughs> she she'll create videos despite the weather. It doesn't matter like what the weather conditions right? are. If it's like twenty mile an hour winds, she's like still going at it in the video. Right? She's <laughs> she's what was talking about. It's hilarious. But she's cool. So all those coaches now, if they want, and I'm not forcing me anything, but they they're all part of the program, right? Yeah. So so this is, you know, ways to do more and more outreach on this and push this out. And again, it's because of the technology. Yeah, and, technology and is like a beautiful thing. When it's also like married into a sport like pickleball where technology isn't, well, I guess paddle technology. Okay, I kind of take that back. There's a lot of technology used in different ways. Um, but it's cool because pickleball is such a grassroots thing and right right you're just playing outside you don't need to like technology to get to play together in a sense but to see like a technology like this brought in you're like oh okay like this is great it's nothing like too over the top um with the technology it's letting allowing the game to remain what it is while giving people a little bit more um and yeah the the whole like idea behind community driven community based um and i appreciate steve's sentiment on the scarcity mindset right like i've talked about in the past but it's like it's hard to like be able to give if your hand is always closed and you're always like you kind of got that fist right but if you like have it open then you can share more you can experience more and that's to me that's what i've experienced with pickleball is that that's really what it comes down to it's just like all these good memories and moments that people have with each other there's just friends like we never would have we probably never would have been friends if it were right. pickleball. Right. It's crazy because today's the first time I met you in person. Right. And um, yeah, so it's super cool. And like I've talked to Steve on the phone plenty of times, which is great. Um, but yeah, it's just being able to meet people that you probably never would have otherwise. Yeah. Right. And that's where we're taking this technology and we're marrying it with the community based aspect of it. Um, yeah, it's exciting. I mean, it's, it's, it's already successful. I just think it's going to blow up from here on out. The cookie base thing. And I could like talk about this forever, but the cookie base thing in the technology from a content creator standpoint, that is like huge. Like 
you guys are really in a way you're probably like inadvertent like uh, unintentionally did not realize that you're helping out like content creators like myself and i'm gonna name chris olsen again for like the 10th time but i figured now's a good time to drop his name pickleball studio um because he's been mentioned every on every pretty much every single podcast (laughs) um but just like content creators like for us and like our videos will live on the internet forever right? right they live on youtube forever but the way you talked about how the cookies issue that problem like if our videos are living on the internet forever and we have these codes and then people, if they go to the website, they buy the product and we're under the impression that if they brought buy the product using the code that we should be getting kickback. Right. Right. But if it's all cookies based and that there's a disconnect and that doesn't happen, then we're just directing people to a brand and not that there's anything like particularly wrong with that. But if we're making the effort to create a brand awareness then right. we would like to receive some, have a mutually beneficial um, well, a long-term sustainable yeah. beneficial yeah. relationship. The, the problem with cookie base, is it's not long-term or sustainable. It's a one-time deal. You brought them a customer. They yeah. said, here you go, Brian, thank you very much. And then that's it. You know, your relationship is over essentially. Yeah. With Pickleball Superstore, that's not the case. That then lives on forever. And so 10 years from now, again, when the person moved to California or New York or wherever, they're, you know, they're still buying product or maybe you never met them because again, because of your outreach is huge. Yeah. Question that did come up is will you, Steve and Ted ever license gig affiliate? So, um, it's, it's Steve's technology. Uh, Pickleball Superstore doesn't own it. We just have the, uh, the exclusive rights to it. Mm-hmm. So he's already doing that. We just have the exclusive rights to it in the pickleball space. Ah, okay. So he's, you know, doing it and I don't feel comfortable that, you know, we leave a huge, huge brands and names and companies and, and it's not my business to, you know, you know, you know, share those names, but, but gigantic names. <laughs> Like you'd be like going, damn, like, why is he hawking pickleball gear? <laughs> so, you know, it's impressive. Yeah. You know, this, this technology is disruptive for sure. You know, but, it, and it's just part from pickleball superstore standpoint, it's, it's just part of who we are. Again, now you take the reg CF funding and we let other people join in and now we, you know, carry all the products and we have our customer service teams and, you know, we ship the next day, you know, all those things to now back it all up. Yeah. Because if you fail, you know, if you don't deliver on time or if you you don't do all these other things, it still doesn't work. You still, it's still business one-on-one. We just have the technology which gives us our unique advantage and yeah. um, especially in this space but yeah no the technology is being used out there with other you know in other industries for sure okay i was gonna say like this is yeah oh it's amazing like great technology it'd be a right. shame if you only use it in one no industry. no no okay no so so you guys pickleball superstore has the exclusive rights to it will steve ever like license it out to anyone else in the pickleball space no no, that's our contract. Good to know. Okay. Good yeah. So know. we own, we have a contract um, and we own the rights to it in the, you know, space yeah. in the pickleball space Good yeah, exclusively. I, I bring that up for another reason, which is like another benefit to now knowing that information is like, if you want to be in the next crowdfund community fundraising uh, round, that is like huge. If you know that there's not going to be another brand that can leverage the technology like this, like that's kind of like a 
hard to say no to if you were interested in the fundraising aspect right and wanted to be a, a minority shareholder like yeah if you know that no one else is going to have this then well, it's huge kind of no-brainer yeah yeah by the way this channel is not soliciting any financial yeah. information <laughs> i am not a financial advisor pat rolfus is not a financial advisor exactly so, yeah yeah and again we limit the minimum is like 10 or 100 it's a hundred dollars. Okay, the minimum is a hundred, right? And then the max is twenty five. So the max is twenty five, and unless you then go through, you know, additional financial, you have to verify your financials and everything else. And this whole thing came from the Jobs Act, you know, like a dozen years ago, or whatever. I don't know if you remember Bernie Madoff and all that, and stole a bunch of people's money. But the the government basically, you know, put this in place. So, you know, people can't invest their life savings and we don't want people to come in and say, oh, here's a hundred thousand dollars or whatever. We don't want that. We want the community to own it. We want, you know, Betty from Arkansas who plays at her park with her friends to be an owner and, and have, you know, a hundred dollars worth of shares. I yeah. mean, you know, whatever. And it's great because as opposed to like most private equity deals, they usually have like they can usually cap some of the investors, but if some investor comes in, he's like, Hey, I want to put 10 million in then like 90% of it goes to that one person or group. Right. While, like there's not much left in the pot not many slices left in the pie for other people, but right. the way you're doing it is like, cool. We're creating a bunch of slices right. as opposed to just like allowing one or two people to be able to just take the chunk. Right. And we're, you know, we're fine financially. We're very yeah. financially stable and, you know, but that's not the intention of what we're doing. I and mean, again, it's, it's truly community based. Yeah. You know, again, think about it. There's, we're in, call it 45 states. I don't know the number, but that's a big outreach yeah. of, of people in their local parks, you know, with, with these bag tags talking about the company that they own. Now they have technology that they're making money on that and they're sharing that information. It's, it's a, it's pretty powerful, Yeah, you know, and then we're going to expand on that and continue to grow that. So, so that's where the power comes in. The power comes into the community was because of this gig affiliate technology, um, that really allows us to make this link and this tie back to it. And then that's why we opened up. People can own part of it as well. It just goes back to this non-scarcity mindset and, community owned community focused that's yeah. what pickleball superstore is all about you've been in the industry for a while and you have uh you're very well like tied you have like you're you're good at forming relationships right like you know a lot of people and people a lot of people know you so, so a question i do have is about this retail space how do you think affiliate programs affect the retail space because i had talked to a founder previously he was like <clears throat> Affiliate programs are great, but what they, the, a drawback behind that's happening kind of behind the scenes is that it takes money away from these retailers and retailers are somewhat necessary for pickleball to like, uh, to thrive in a way. So just want to get your thoughts. Well, so let's talk about retailers. Yeah. Right. So where is a pickleball retailer? Um, does it hurt a Dick Sporting Goods and you know, everything else? And, you know, the answer is yeah, but I think Dick Sporting Goods is going to start to hurt already because of Amazon and and you know all the e-commerce platforms that are out there. I mean, look at what's happening to the malls across America and 
I mean, heck, Steve Coons did pick them all, right? So, I mean, there's a lot of empty spaces out there because of the technology of e-commerce and yeah. e-commerce platform, right? I mean, Amazon continues to get bigger and bigger, and there's a reason for it, right? Um, so I, I think that's one. Now, we at Pickleball Superstore have a program for pro shops. So we understand from the pro shop, and again, partly because you know we own oh by the way we own the hub and i brought you another present oh hell yeah dual presents I, for you today brian I live in texas so i could always use it yeah towel. dual presents for you so that the hubs are and we'll talk about that in a minute but um they're very large um clubs the largest you know in the country one of them and we uh, have pro shops well the majority of clubs are much smaller right and so having pro shops there it's really difficult for them. They can't handle the investment of $50,000. They can't handle the, you know, procurement of it and, and um, this the point of sale aspect and everything That's else. So pricing. And, and then all the changes that occur, you know, they can't buy just one or two paddles when they sell it, right? They yeah. need to, you know, okay, great. Put another order in for, you know, a case of them, right? Another 20 of them. But they, they don't have the, the funds to do it. They don't have the ability. And then again, like we said, all the paddles that are coming to market, all the different products and the shoes and the, the glasses and the gloves and the weights, it's just too much, right? So if we at Pickleball Superstore, we utilize this Gigfiliate technology and we do a, a program for pro shops for the retailers. So the comment that your, that your buddy made or the man that you mentioned made is that he needs to understand the technology and, and how we can work with it. So what we do is we put a program together for pro shop owners that one, they can buy wholesale for the products that they sell often, balls and weights and grips and stuff like that. And then the next is they become basically a super affiliate, right? And they demo paddles. They buy demo paddles from us. And so you as a club member has this great experience because now you can demo, I don't know, 100 different paddles, right? And so the inventory cost for the club owner is very, very low. And they don't have to replenish as much. And it's just very simple. And it's all online driven and everything else. And you, the member gets to use a paddle and tries four or five different paddles says yep this is the one i like i want to use this paddle now you you know scan the code and you go to pickleball superstore get your discount and the pro shop is now connected to that person and they're now making money and revenue from that sale but the sales continue off into the future if the, when they continue to come back so that's our virtual pro shop model and it really helps the retailer in the pro shops it really makes a big difference because most of these guys i mean as you know there, there's a, a ton of pickleball places you know popping up all over the place in eight courts here and you know six courts here 12 courts there maybe it, they don't it's not enough um to be able to carry you know 500 square feet of product and, and all the SKUs and, you know, everything else, you know, it's like, it's just not enough. It's just too, and the capital investment is super high. So we solved that problem for the pro shops, which is basically in my mind, the retailers of pickleball, right? You would never, cause you're a pickleball player, obviously. Would you ever consider going to Dick's Sporting Goods and buying a paddle? No. Like I would buy a paddle blind online like if 
reviewers were like, hey, this paddle's great. I would right. rather buy it through there. But the people who are shopping at Dick's are yeah. the brand new people. Oh, know? yeah. It's like I'm buying the kit for 50 bucks and it comes with a couple, you know, I mean, it's just. So that's not where the real pickleball shoppers and players, that's not where they're buying. They buy their first set off Amazon or Dick's or whatever. And then they fall in love with the sport. And then it's like, okay. Yeah. And now I'm going to a specialty, you know, places like Pickleball Superstore. And now I'm going to figure out what I want. And they figure that out from seeing their friends, you know, on the courts or, or at their club demoing different paddles. They'll say, yes, I really like this carbon paddle. Not the pitch carbon, everybody. But I do love carbon. It's I really love paddles. <laughs> yeah. But, but you get it, right? Yeah. So, so you know that's where we fit in and that's where this technology makes us different and that's how we help all these pro shops with our wholesale program and then this tie back to this gig affiliate technology got it do you guys when you're talking about all this something i just couldn't help but think about so like when you're trying out paddles like i wish more people got this opportunity or like i guess maybe not enough people know about this but pickleball central something that they're like Something I always thought like they did great was their return policy. Like I used to have friends who would buy six paddles in one month and then they try them all out. Then they return right. them at the end. Right. Does Pickleball Central have or Pickleball Superstore have something similar to that? We don't. And, and, and Central's policy is, you know, not just not really sustainable. It's going to be difficult for them, you know, because same deal. Right. I mean, I know a lot of people who go and they buy six paddles, they use them, they test them, they bang them around and then they ship them all back saying, OK, I bought this one or, I, yeah. you know, I found another one cheaper over here. And now they just got all these used paddles back. So we try to be very fiscally responsible, try to do things that make sense. Um, you know, we do have, you know, some products, used products on on our website, but all in all, we, we don't do that. We, um, at our store, you can come in and demo a paddle for free and, yeah. and take it and use it and do that kind of stuff. So that's great. And again, we're doing more and more of these virtual pro shops that will push this out to our partners out there if you want to demo products. But really, Brian, it's because of our gig affiliate program and our technology that we get to the users at the park. Now, Susie, who's an owner of Pickball Superstore potentially, or at least a gig affiliate, Hey, try this paddle, use it, and then here's my discount code. So they're more willing to even help sell different brands of paddles out yeah. there in the community because now they benefit from it. So now we think of it this way. We have people sharing this stuff everywhere because we're sharing, you know, our revenue basically because of this technology and our platforms. It's no secret that you you know like part owner and like co-founder of like hub pickwall superstore like these are all it's not like a coincidence that you came up with like the facilities and then you have the pro shops then you have this like affiliate program we talked about this before the cameras rolled on but i was like in the tech space a very common practice became offering people a suite of products right like uh, Apple, you, you have your computer, you have your phone, you have headphones, everything kind of comes together. So you don't have to mix and match. You don't have to shop elsewhere, but like, where's all this like business savviness come from? Uh, well, you know, not wanting to lose money. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I, I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. I'm the youngest of five. My, my father was a brilliant man, invented the equalizer and three different classes of amplifiers in the stereo world. Just a brilliant man. Anyway, 
So, you know, we're all basically entrepreneurs and went down our own paths, essentially. But um, so a, a lot of this is just, you know, from that upbringing. You know, I started my first company, I think, when I was 11, you know, and all sorts of different things. But, you know, it's that just comes from that. And but, you know, bad decisions are made along the way as you go, too. So you remember the dot com boom. I mean, you may be too young for that, but. So on the tail end of that, everybody is making money. And a friend of mine comes up with a company called craftproducts.com, right? And, and so, you know, my brother and I, he threw in, I think, 100 grand. I threw in 50 grand into this company. And we joke about it today that I have a $50,000 windbreaker, right? Because, it, you know, it was the tail end of the dot-com boom. So I tell everybody, like, look, Pickleball's phenomenal and great. And everyone's passionate about it. But general business rules still apply. Yeah. So yeah. you you know you gotta do things and that make sense fiscally. So I started you know Cafeo when I was 23, right out of school. I invented a bottled water coffee maker where you put like a five gallon bottle, you invert it, and press make your bottled water coffee. And you know, 35 years later, you know, right before COVID, I started selling the, the company off. So that's been my main company for was for 35 years and now I've you know sold it I was going down a semi-retirement path and found pickleball basically so so for me I'm a systems guy I understand business I understand passion I understand all these things to, to put it together I've been very fortunate in my you know pickleball community and space to meet people like Ted Angelo people like Steve Rack you know Patty Weber Charlotte Seda you know Steve Kuhn you know, you know, Robert Quicksilver, um, Justin Maloof with USA Pickleball. I mean, just really, really great people that have, yeah. you know, helped shape this. And um, and so, you know, I joke about it, but I'm dead serious. Pickleball has been like an entrepreneur's playground, right? And you really, again, if you keep general business rules and you have some a good plan and you execute it, you know, it's still growing like crazy and there's a lot of things. I'm concerned a lot of people out there aren't doing general business. You know, they're, they're just rushing to market with things. They're making these decisions that don't really make sense. You know, I see all these facility um franchises you know popping up and everything else and or not they're not even popping up yet they're just being sold and yeah. and it's like I, I just don't know if there's that many good operators out there and are these plans good because i haven't seen you know things that make sense yet from an operational standpoint so you know we own the hub right and you know they're big clubs you know and i believe in big clubs so we're the largest club in san diego and we just do it in california and the thing about california is that the barrier of entry is really really high right and so if you can do it it becomes pretty sustainable because you know the idea that competition is going to be right behind you is probably not going to be the case wow. but we have on the largest club in san diego county um we own the largest indoor facility in the country right now, and I'm sure that'll change next week, the way pickleball's going, but that's in Silicon Valley, and it's a beautiful facility. And then we just um, bought the largest fitness and pickleball club and just converted a, a fitness center that's in an old naval hangar on Alameda Island right on the bay. It's absolutely gorgeous. And we have 1,500 fitness members, eight indoor pickleball court, and seven outdoor pickleball courts. It creates this indoor-outdoor effect. Very, very cool. So 
but all these, you know, all these clubs make sense. And we have our revenue buckets and, and our, I'm a big systems guy. So we have our systems and procedures and, and making sure that we do everything fiscally responsible and correct and give the members the experience that they're looking for because we're clubs. We're not just, here's a court to play on. You know, we address sound, we address, you know, community, we address, you know, lounge areas, you know, food, beverage, you know, all sorts of different things. Right. And we're not, what do they call them? Eatertainments, um, which are, are a great model, different model. Yeah. That's a restaurant model. Yeah. We are big pickleball clubs for tournaments, for oh, okay. huge, you know, we take a philosophy like, you know, we need, if you were to join a club, you, and I know this is going to sound funny, but having 20 courts or 26 courts or, you know, whatever is a good thing because one is you can have, you know, seven, 800 members, you know, be supported. And so anytime you go there and you drop in, you don't need to arrange a game at your skill set. You're, there's so many people at your skill set that you're playing with because really you want to play with people at your own level, right? And, and that's the beauty of big clubs that, you know, we have an, a critical mass of people and then we allow all these different areas for people at their skill set to go play. Now you're seeing different shots. It's not the same three guys you always play with. Yeah. You know, you're dropping in whenever you want. It, it makes the environment and the atmosphere, you know, really nice. Now it's hard. Capital investments much higher when you're scaling up to this level and everything else. Um, risks are bigger, and so you got to make some really good decisions. So you know, we look at these things very you know, seriously in, in how we do it, but so far extremely successful. And, and again, I'm going to give a big shout out to my partner, Ted Angelo, who's a great operational guy and, and, um, works super, super hard. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm super lucky when it comes to, I get my partners with all this. It's awesome, man. It's awesome to see that, uh, Carl Schmitz from USA Pickwall is the managing director of facilities and equipment. Um, I, had done an episode with him in the past, but when you talked about the way you guys do facilities and you guys only have three, and I don't say only in a negative way. I say that like Carl said, the model is crawl, walk, run. And he's like, he kind of said the same thing that you're saying is that there's a lot of people rushing into it and it's great to see, but you're also like, it's great to see if it's done with caution and it's like done like with like the, knowledgeable like intent and experience like the way you talk about systems pretty much like every big founder i've had i've spoken to has talked about they've just mentioned systems it's just came up like you know that's just something that's inherent in um f successful founders but yeah it's it's great to see that you have like the one in san diego is one of the largest was that largest outdoor Largest outdoor in San Diego County. We have yeah. 26 courts. 26. But in a grandstand stadium that's, that's shaded. It's covered. You guys had that one event, right? Yeah, with the MLP teams. The Hard Eights are down there. And okay. we're, we're talking to a couple of MLP teams to make a couple of our locations their home courts, uh, and, which will be fun. So we that's can super cool. Yeah, you know, create rivalries and, and the whole thing. So, um, which, which is, you know, those are the experience that we're talking about. But if you had a club of, you know, 12 courts, you just can't do it. Down in San Diego, for yeah. example, you know, in our facilities in general, the same with Northern California and Alameda, we're building, you know, a bar cafe that overlooks, you know, 
a center court with bleachers and the whole deal. And down in San Diego, we have a, a full grandstand that's covered with the 60 by 60 foot sail, 34 feet high. It's very, very cool. It's the whole place is very cool. I'm very proud of it. But um, so, you know, it'd be fun to have MLP teams that make their home courts. And then we can have rivalries of Northern Cal and Southern Cal in this particular case. And, and, you know, help MLP team owners, which, you know, they're, they're, they need to make money too, right? Help them build their brands as a team owner, help their athletes, help their ownership to generate more revenue for them by creating one-off events for them and, or, you know, with them, I should say. And um, so it, you know, the, the facility side of it, and I, you know, Carl Schmitz is a friend of mine and super smart guy, another smart guy out there there's a lot of them it's hard to build these facilities that like we do and you know san diego we built it you know it's on four acres of land and basically built the thing ground up it took us a year and a half to build it so so it, they, they don't just pop up is is the thing but so yeah we're i think the largest club owner on the the west coast certainly in well i don't know about the west coast certainly in california so um but it's all done you know, correctly in my mind, it, they're all profitable. They're all making sense. And the members, you know, like it, our attrition's, you know, very small, you know, so to me, those are the right signs of a business, right? You put yeah. a good plan together, you pivot where you need to, but, um, having big clubs, it's hard to do, but, um, we think that, you know, the way we do them, we, we've been successful with them, which has been nice. That's awesome. It's, I like that idea that like the pro you're creating a home base for pros or at least like the teams because man, this is like another great thing about pickleball is how many times are you going to see like Steph Curry come up to your like local court? Right. And, right. And how many times can you play with them? I don't know if you're going to necessarily be able to play with these pros, maybe on like a very off day, but even just being able to share like the same facility and you see them practicing on another court. It's very cool. It's cool. Like there's a place here, Austin pickle ranch and you see like Ben and Colin practicing on like the far court. But, um, something I also did want to talk about that ties into Austin pickle ranch is you, there's no exaggeration when you say that courts are difficult to create. Not even just like if you get it built up, like the management, I'm sure that's even more difficult, right? Like being able to create a uh, recurring revenue stream, but being able to create it because Austin Pickle Ranch, which is now on a garage rooftop, that wasn't the original plan. The original plan was to actually have this like, I think it was like 16 or like 18 courts, like 12 of them were, were going to be like covered. They're going to have like six volleyball courts, food trucks. I saw the marketing plan and like this, the slide deck, right? They sent it out mm -hmm. and it just fell through. They said there's like issues with permitting and just development issues and just like rising costs because around the time it was happening, it was during COVID and this was post when everything fell. So things were coming back up. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's definitely, it's difficult. And it's interesting when you hear about like the brands that are franchising which is crazy that they're selling franchises without them being built or operated yet. Crazy. Again, general business rules apply. If you can't go to a venue and yeah. touch and feel it. Damn. That's yeah. So I mean, hard. I can put together a performer on a spreadsheet too, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, um, you know, I've done thousands of them and I can guarantee you that I haven't made a projection be right yet. <laughs> 
It's, you know, it's just one of those things, right? It's a dangerous game to play. You, you want real numbers. Yeah. You're playing with a lot of people's money and investors yeah. too. And if they get this like bad taste in their mouth, if anything falls through, you know, you might be getting ahead of yourself. Right, uh, right, right. And if it goes bad or sour, then yeah. it just doesn't look good for the sport in, in general. No, it's it's tough. I mean, we, we've been fortunate with to have that, you know, the first two location, the majority of it, they're all self-funded. So we didn't go out and borrow people's money and did and play that game. So, um, but it makes you even, you know, more focused on the bottom line yeah. and, you know, you have more skin in the game and all those type of things. So, um, but you know, it's, again, it's a fun space, you know, when COVID hit and we built out Newport, um, and you know, again, I helped, I don't want to take all credit for these things, but, um, you know, we really changed and we are now today, and I'll tell you another story, but we really changed thousands of lives. You know, people were just, they come up to me and they thank me all the time. I was at our club in Silicon Valley and this woman and, and her husband were practicing on one of the, the back courts and, and she stopped me and she said, you know, I would just want to thank you for doing this. You know, usually my husband and I would sit at home, we'd have a glass of wine or two, and we'd watch a movie, and it was night after night after night. Now we come here, you know, four or five nights a week, and we exercise, we've lost weight, we're, we're healthy, we're doing all these fun things together. She's just like, thank you. I mean, you've changed our lives by putting this facility, you know, right here in our in our community. And, um, and, and again, back to my whole mantra of community is, you know, you build these clubs into the community as well. So it's, yeah. you want that level of support from everybody, so... Yeah, I know. It's fun. It's great. It's got to be super rewarding. Like, obviously, like financial means are like great because, you know, you have a family yourself. But man, when you hear like people talking about like, man, you changed my life in a certain way. Like, it doesn't really get better than that. It's um, killer. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's nice. It, it's fun to see, especially at my age. I mean, you're a young man. I'm, I'm an old man. <laughs> So it's, I'm it's, Asian. I could be like 75. Well, good point. Good point. You know, I'm 85, but I look good for 85, don't I? No, <laughs> no way. Yeah, that's my, that's what I, I'm sticking to that. Yeah. So no, how old are you? 85. Yeah. But I look good for that now. So, so changing the narrative. Yeah. It's um, good. It's awesome, man. Like, man, pickleball is just so crazy. Like, I think that's like huge, right? Like when people get older, they start to we start to get set in our ways and we start to think that this is going to be our life for the rest. This is going to be the rest of our life. Now, once you reach like a certain point, I guess you hit a bunch of milestones, right? You hit like we, I got kids or you graduate from college or you hit retirement and to be able to give people something to look forward to. And I mean, man, you probably know like how difficult actually you have a lot of friends. So you probably don't know, but it's difficult making friends as an adult. Right. And once COVID happened, people started becoming, you know, kind of more like uh, sheltered in a, in a way. That's probably not the best word, but it's e it became more well, more reclusive. Yeah, it became yeah. yeah, it became easier to stay at home, right? Yeah. And now, like pickleball, this thing came along where you can not only be outside, but you can, like you said, you can lose weight, you can meet a bunch of people, right? Without there's not like a high cost, and right. some of the best things in life really are like right. somewhat free, right? Well, from my perspective, Brian, is that you know, I'm actually a 58 year old man. I'll, I'll tell my real age, but, um, you know, I'm not going to go to a bar, you know, I, I'm just yeah. not going to do it. I'm not gonna, you know, I have, you know, friends from whom I have three children and when they were playing youth sports, especially, and I did a lot of coaching and I did all that and, and, um, business associates and things like that. But other than that, it's, it's hard for a 58 year old man to you know really go meet friends. And I don't, 
necessarily want to talk about business and I don't want to talk about a bunch of different things. So now I have all these people I go play pickleball with, I hang out, it's fun. No one even necessarily knows what I do. Yeah. And, I, and I love that. It's just fantastic. So I think it totally changes life. I mean, you know, I could be competitive again at my age. I mean, I hadn't competed in anything for 25 years until I found pickleball, right? And, and so for me, you know, like you're saying, all these milestones, you know, you have children and I'm so focused on my business and, you know, and, and now my kids are all grown up and they're out of college and, and it's, you know, my wife and I get our life back together and we yeah. find this thing and we're traveling around going to MLPs and nationals and playing pickleball and opening up these clubs and meeting tons and tons of people. It's, it's fun. It's great. Most yeah. people would have stopped. Like once your kids are out of the house, you're like, cool. Now we get to just chill. We that was the relax, plan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was my plan. My, and my wife will tell you, you know, God bless her. You know, she's like, you know what? I knew it. You just can't. I'm like, no, that was our plan. And she goes, what about that retirement plan? Well, that anyway, so it's, again, it's an entrepreneur's playground. It's getting harder and harder yeah. now as is more and more coming in and the passion and because everybody has the passion for the sport. Right. So now it's becoming harder and harder. I'm just afraid that people are coming in with passion and they're not really thinking about business. You know, general business rules apply. Yeah. And they're not thinking about that. So I went and looked at, for example, a, a Bed Bath & Beyond went bankrupt. I went and looked at a building in Southern California and, and maybe you can get 12 courts in it. And the realtor wanted $100,000 rent a month. And I'm like, you're joking, right? And I'm like, well, I can't do that. And, you know, no, I said, I'm not even going to give you a, you know, a counter or whatever. I'm not even going to give you anything because I don't even want to insult you. I mean, it just, it's not going to work. And actually the environment wasn't what we wanted anyway. It was too small, but you know, the guy called me back and he said, oh, by the way, I leased the building to a, a guy who's going to put in pickleball courts. I'm like, good luck. Oh my God. Yeah. I just, it's silly. The stuff that's happening and there's no way that's going to work financially. It just doesn't pencil. That's now maybe just a rich guy that wants to have his own private club and he yeah. can dump a hundred grand a month. But, but, um, anyway, it's again, general business rules got to apply with all this. And what's yeah. your perspective when you saw that space, like, is there something special about these spaces? Like why are people taking them up? So again, we look at, things differently than other people do with clubs and, and not to say that they're right with how we do it by any means but um you know like again entertainments you know i'm not getting into that space but i think that they're great and i yeah. think it's a i met the people from chicken and pickle and my wife just played there yesterday actually um and you know so i think there's a room for everything you know this a lot of these you know, mall-based locations and Bed Bath & Beyond, they don't necessarily create a club environment. What they create are courts indoors that's more of a drop-in feel. And can you make a business model work out of that? Yeah, probably, you know, if you do that right. And I haven't put my head, wrapped my head around it too much. But it's not, in my mind, what we want. And it's not, um, in my mind, as sustainable as building um, a club based community type of thing. But again, everybody has different, you know, ways of looking at it and everything else. And, yeah. and, um, yeah. but most of the, you know, anyway, so we, we just look at things a little bit differently. What's been the biggest challenge with the facilities? Well, finding them, you know, you know, are you guys pretty much always looking at large scale operations? Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we, you know, 
Alameda and San Francisco Bay is, is unique where it has, you know, fitness and we built 15 courts and that would be the smallest that we'd go. And quite frankly, I'd love to have 15 more courts. I wish it was 30. We just don't have the space there. Um, but I don't think we'd ever go smaller than that. And it's because it has fitness and it's because it's a unique location yeah. that we made the decision to do it. Um, and it's an amazing facility. I can't wait to, to have you come up and check it out. It's very, very I'm cool. I'm going to make a trip to California. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah do, a, do a little road trip. It can yeah. go up and down the coast. But, um, you know, but again, you know, we'd like to see large facilities, but large facilities are hard, you know. So, you know, but we feel that if you can do it and do it right, it makes a lot of sense. The investments are greater, you know, so oh, okay. it, it, everything's greater, yeah. right? But... You know, we're looking at it from a long-term business model. This isn't something that we're trying to just do, turn around in six months and say, okay, good, now sell it. You know, yeah. that's, that's not who we are. You know, we're, this is a sustainable cash flow business that we're looking to build. I, I think that's the first time I'd, I guess like Lifetime in a way does it, but I don't think they had like 15 courts. It's usually like two or three. They usually like dump it on top of the basketball court, but I guess they were doing it too. Um, but man, that Alameda location looks awesome. Like because it's multiple floors, it's not pickleball in a separate room. Like right. I've been seeing that. I see it. If there's a local gym here. It's called the collective and they just have the pickleball court in a separate room. Right. But just being able to see the Alameda location where it's two floors, the pickleball courts are here, the workout centers on top Correct. and below people can like look over, they can watch it and, also being able to tie in like, okay, these people are already at the gym. So this probably is going to like resonate with some of the audience. Who's like, like you said, like some people who can compete again, right? It might be some people who like are retired from sports or they, you know, like they plateaued in college or high school and right. then they see pickleball they're like, Oh, like this could be my, another chance, another opportunity to like get into something fun. Right. Also like, Gyms are typically like, put your headphones in, you work out, that's it, right? That's exactly right. But then right. pickleball's like, hey, there's, there, there's can be more to the gyms now. Right. They can be more social. And not that there's anything wrong with like plugging your headphones in, that's usually right. me. But right. man, when you see like an opportunity to like socialize too, it's like, whoa, this is kind of changing the landscape. Yeah, thank you. No, it's very cool. And, and actually I'll kind of flip the script on you a little bit because here's what we're seeing. So we're seeing that pickleball, that people get really passionate about it, right? They fall in love with it and, and, you know, but then all of a sudden injuries start to occur and they, they you know, they strain their hamstrings or, you know, plantar fasciitis or, or whatever it is. Right. And so we're now seeing that a lot of the pickleball members are stoked about the gym and the, you know, the steam room and the sauna and all the other recovery that we have in there so they can, you know, work out and get stronger and more flexible and everything else for pickleball. It's interesting. It's different than it's, it's not, oh, I'm the fitness guy and now I'm going to go, you know, try this new sport pickleball. It's all the pickleball people saying, I need fitness so I can continue to sustain my pickleball habit because it truly is a habit for these people. So it's really interesting. So my, my wife is an amazing athlete and she's in amazing shape and she will tell you, not me, but she works out more for them playing pickleball and she played pickleball every day, but she, she works out more just so she can continue to play pickleball yeah. and, and not get injured and, and not hurt herself and continue to play at a high level, all that kind of good stuff. So yeah. it's a very cool mix and in lifetime, um, you know, dip their toe in it and, and they're an amazing, you know, company and everything else. This is a unique scenario that we had. Um, 
we didn't have tennis courts to work from. We built all this out, you know, basically we had indoor soccer that we removed and we, we built indoor pickleball and then we added outdoor pickleball all from scratch, essentially. So um, it's very cool. It's a very unique club and we're very, very proud of it. And it's, you won't see anything else like it, that's for sure. And it's on like real surface. I don't know if it's just like typically just concrete. Is it just concrete that are on most like courts? Yeah. So, so we do things with Acrotech, um, okay. which is the supplier, the PPA, the paint supplier. It's actually another funny story, but uh, Brad Carroll um, and I, you know, he used to be in the, the water coffee business. And I, again, owned Cafe, a coffee brewer manufacturer until coffee. And I used to sell the Brad probably over 25 years ago, we sold a long time. And then we got reconnected into the space after the fact, and he now owns Acrotech and, and I own the, the hubs and, and, and Big Ball Superstores. That's a funny story. So anyway, shout out to Acrotech because he makes great products. So we you know, don't use pickle roll and not that yeah. it's not a good product. We don't use any of that. We, we pre-surface all the materials um, on concrete and multi-layer with Acrotech, invest heavily into the courts to do it right. Um, we pride ourselves on professional courts. You know, okay. this is, this is where the basis of this stuff comes from. And if you ever, you know, play on one of our courts, I mean, you'll see, I mean, it's as best, it's as good as it gets, yeah. you know, and, and again, we team up with Acrotech to be able to pull that off and, and they do a great job with their products. Yeah. That's great to hear. I, yeah, I'm, I'm probably coming from like a, uh, probably like an ignorant, uh, viewpoint or perspective, but like my sentiment towards the pickle roll and these like um sport sport court surfaces i i dislike them strongly i don't i won't use the h word right i right. dislike it strongly i just like i'm like you're gonna put all this work all this money all these resources you're also gonna get people excited about and you get people onto the court and then they play on this like surface not to dog on pickle roll or any of them. I like, get it. Like I also get it because they're 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 still helping grow the sport and getting people playing. But man, I'm like I, I'm I'm with you on the right. sentiment of like, hey, if we're gonna do it, do it right. Make let's get yeah. people to f get them to feel what pickleball is actually like. Right. Like, in the past, like couple months, I've played on all these different surfaces that just weren't gen like your general like typical pickleball court. Right. And I loathed it i just like didn't like it at all it's like this right. is not great yeah i know and I, I mean i i just i know it costs more to do it the way we do it i get yeah. it um and, and i also don't like freestanding nets um even the professional uh, yeah. ones we 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 corn into the ground and do it properly and the whole thing we try to do all of our courts you know um, individual netting as much as possible and safe and bigger and you know larger size and you know, so, I mean, all those things are important. And, and I think back to all these people rushing to market you know, these facilities um, is that they're just taking the, what was it, feel the dreams, you know, build it and they will come attitude. But I don't believe in that. I think you got to do it correctly because ultimately people are going to say, I only want to play on good courts. I'm yeah. not going to do that. Um, you know, in Newport, we were, we did a lot of tournaments. We built a huge facility and did a lot of tournaments. They're all, you know, permanent courts and everything else. We took over the, the tournament space, you know, for a long time because people were sick of tape lines and temporary nets and all that kind of stuff. So the more people 
play pickleball, the more you're like, I want a court with proper dimensions yeah. on the side so I can do an ATP or an Ernie. I want to have, I don't want to go backwards and, and hit a fence. I don't want this. I don't want that. I want the surface to be correct. I want the colors to be correct. I want, you know, all these things. And so the customer is getting more and more sophisticated, you know, yeah. the, the players in general. So, and then they're, you know, from a club perspective, again, then they're willing to pay a little bit more than I get it. You can go to, you know, your local park and play for free. I understand that. I have no problem. I still go and play to that. But those courts aren't professional grade courts and the, the whole thing, right? After a while, you're like, eh, I really like it over here, yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's where all the players now go. And, you know, so you get it, right? It's, uh, it's part of build it right. Yeah. And know what you're doing. And that, that's my concern of this big rush to market with people just listening to others that don't necessarily have the, a good enough track record to to be able to do it correctly. There's still a huge learning curve for a bunch of people out there. To that topic, as we're like nearing the end of this, what advice would you have for business owners that are trying to get or people who aren't business owners yet? but want to create businesses in pickleball? You know, again, general business rules apply, right? What, what problem are you solving? You know, what, how does your profit margin works? What's your distribution look like? How are you going to market it? Um, if it's a facility, you know, what are your, what's the demographics in that facility? What is, what's your cost base? You know, what technology are you using your programming? You know, all, all these, all these things, right? So, um, it's a lot and it's super hard, you know, I understand. So most entrepreneurs that I know and business people I know, and again, I'm going to reference my, my partners, um, you know, Ted Angelo, Steve Rack, Patty Weber, Charlotte say these people work so hard. I mean, all the time. I mean, I'm, I can't uh, believe Steve still works as much as he does like at his age. Like he's just, well, he's yeah. younger than me. Yeah. Oh, is he? Oh, he's, he's just never off the clock. Yeah, I'm just better looking. <laughs> yeah. So, no, he's, uh, you know, you know, Charlotte Seda, you know, works super. They, they just all work really hard yeah. and they're smart. Yeah. And so and we're all aligned. That's the other thing that I would really mm -hmm. caution people on if you're going to partner with someone. My, my other companies, um, I didn't really partner with anyone. I, I did them. They were my companies and that was fine. This has been really interesting and and fun i don't know if i could have done this when i was 30 years old wow. to partner with people and as a collaborative um as i am now the older i get the the more i look for you know collaborative relationships and other people's skill sets and realizing my limitations and you know but nothing you know replaces hard work nothing replaces smart people nothing replaces you know knowledge um you know, it's, it's hard to, you know, 35 years of business experience before I got into, I've been in business now for over 40 years. I told you I'm an old man. It's hard to replace that knowledge, even though it wasn't necessarily in this space. Yeah. And even though I'm not necessarily the smartest guy in the world, but it's, it's a knowledge and the learning lessons of dealing with people, dealing with vendors, dealing with you know, employees, you know, systems, procedures, you know, all the things that go along with that and then and, and working with people in general. So 
you know, again, I was just lucky, you know, as I moved forward to meet, you know, all these incredible people in USA Pickleball and PPA and in MLP and in my partners. And, and we came together to, in a collaborative effort to build something, multiple things special. And again, I'm really lucky to be in that position. That's awesome. Yeah. Is there anything else? Anything I haven't asked you that you'd like to cover before we wrap things up? Um, you know, I, I appreciate it, Brian. Thank you. No, thank you, man. Yeah. You made it easy. You came to me, and I appreciate that. Yeah, well, you know, I, getting the word out of, of what you're doing with building Pickleball and, and Pickleball Superstore, especially in, in the communities that we do, um, and push that out to the rest of the community is exciting. Yeah. You know, we want more people like you involved with it. I mean, again, back to opening it up to everyone so you know basically that's it i just you know this has been a fun experience for me and so thanks for having me yeah i'm glad that uh, we got to the first time we're going to air it will be in person as opposed to the remote but yeah i'm super happy to be a part of the team and supporting um big wall super sorts i've always been uh very supportive and very interested in technology and how we can help change um how humans operate in this just in the space of this world um, and if we can make things easier, if we can make things, you know, like give more resources to people, I think it's a beautiful uh, thing that we can do for people. And um, yeah, man, I appreciate this too. Um, yeah, sweet. This is, people will underestimate how hot it gets in Texas. There you uh, go. So yeah, I appreciate that. But yeah, thank you. And um, super excited for everything that you're working on. Um, yeah, this is really cool. And uh, I'm sure I'll see you at uh, Nationals. Yep. You're going to go back, right? I'm going to go back. Sweet. Sweet. I'm going to go back. <laughs> Fill that gas tank before you go. Yeah, that's, that's a secret. We're not, we're not getting into that. Uh, cool, man. Well, I appreciate your time, and thank you again. Yeah, thanks, bro. Talk yeah. to you soon.